Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ladies and gentlemen, two men from opposite ends of the physical, cultural, and emotional spectrums, Flats and Shanks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 15. 15 thank you, Tommy, mm. of our weekly podcast. I'm David Flatman. Thomas Shanklin. Hi, Tom. Hi, Dave. We come to you this week from our kind of our third home, which is the Celtic Manor. Yeah. Dylan Matthews has been fan- fantastic again. Is he any relation of Bernard? Yeah. Mm. It's his mum. Yeah. Um, he is. And Clarice. And Keris, yeah, we've got a we've got a little business room, a little what do you call it? A business I call it room? the Oxwich room. Oxwich, yes. So yeah, Dylan Matthews has sorted us out again. We've got tea, coffee, water, biscuits. No biscuits were included. No, but we took some. One. Well, we went out to the buffet bit, and I just walked straight. I just had lunch on the way here in the car. What do you have? Um, I'll tell you in a minute. Okay. It was nutritious, okay. Yeah. And I. And I walked straight over because I just smelt the food and automatically went for a second lunch. Shanks said, whoa, 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 buffet's not included. Looked like a nice lunch. Um, and I found myself gutted, even though I was full, having had lunch five minutes beforehand. Do you remember when um, we are in Saracens and Yatesy? Was it? Mike Yates. Mike Yates. Fitness coach. Fitness yeah. coach. Brilliant guy. Yeah. Real funny, real dry. And at Saracens, we used to have a big kitchen, big tables in the dining room, loads of food, buffet style. And he came over to you and he said, um, don't eat anything fatty. Mm. And you went, what? Like uh, like burger, chips, that sort of stuff. And you went, no, 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 no. He said, don't eat anything fatty. fatty. <laughs> Yatesy, right? Yatesy, he was 120 when he got his first gig in uh, strength conditioning training, but he moved to Bath from Sarri's. That's right, yeah. So I went to Bath and he was still there. And he used to do this, um, his drills were great. I think he did England A with us once. Anyway, something like that. But he had these great... He was really, really good at his job, for starters. But he was a right grumpy old git, although we loved him. And um, he used to walk in in the morning. And if you look, if you deliberately look really tired walking into weights at 7, 8 in the morning, he'd say, how tired are you? He was really old school. How tired are you, boy? 
So I'm knackered, mate. Right, get yourself out of here, mate. You're not going to do any good in here, breaking your body down. Go upstairs and have a coffee. Say, oh, no, Yates, I really want to train. Get up there. Get yourself a cappuccino, mate. You rest up for training, boy. So Martin Wood would walk in. It started off the first season we had at Bath with Yatesy. Martin Wood would walk in in the morning and he would just look as tired as possible. He goes, right, tired face, tired face. We'll walk in. And he's like, how tired are you? And Woody would like, mate, I'm absolutely broken. I couldn't sleep last night. I don't know why. I think I'm think I'm overtired, but it doesn't matter, mate. I'll dig in. Get out of it. Get your feet up. Get your cell phone. You're not training till two o'clock. Get your cell phone. So it went from that into the second season we had Yatesy. You had, an, you had optional weights. You, you could either do them at 8 a.m. or 2 p.m. before yeah. or after training. So Woody would never go in for eight because he was fat and lazy. And I'd be in at eight because I didn't sleep. And at two o'clock, it'd be like 2.15 and I'd be at home on the sofa with Woody. And Woody would get the phone call. This is a professional international sportsman, right? In, Martin, got, he got a couple of caps ringing. It's crazy on. to think of him as that. It is, isn't it? When you look yeah. at the state of him, he's like a kebab. So. He's, like, he's got a body like a dropped lasagna. Yeah, he's got, mate, he's got a body like an elephant's leg. Like a burnt-out wheelie bin. Yeah, like a burnt sausage. Anyway, yeah, he's... Soup he's, sandwich. He's grim, he's grim. Uh, so he rings up, and he's like, Yatesy, what do you want? And he's like, mate, second session today, mate, where are you? Where are you? He goes, he goes Yatesy, will you fucking do one? Just do one, I'm knackered. You're trying to burn me out. Okay, fella, see you tomorrow. <laughs> it's just like, but then he, he used to do this sprint drill, and I'm going on about Yatesy now. I've got two more things about Yatesy, all right? Okay. He used to do this sprint drill. And he'd say, I want you accelerating so hard that you're tearing the ground up. I want to see that ground torn up. Then he'd turn away and talk to another group. And we'd all stand there raking the ground. And like, just when he looked away, just like jog through a 10 meter sprint. He'd look around and go, look at the ground, outstanding. <laughs> so we used to get into him and he, because he was so old, old people just pee all the time and don't sleep, right? Yeah. So he's always, anyway, apart from peeing all the time, he was always in at like six in the morning. Dave Barnes, a bath prop, is like that as well. He's like a working Labrador. He doesn't stop moving, right? So one day he gets in, he gets a spare set of keys for the Lambridge training ground at Bath, which is this old dump we used to train in. That's just on the way to Bath on the left-hand yeah, side. Yeah, that's it, yeah. yeah. Like Porter yeah. Cabin. We've been training there for, well, my, pretty much my whole career there. And um, Big dogging spot now. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. right. Yeah, so I still go back. Yeah. Um, great memories there. And he's, so Barnsley sneak unlocks the door, because Yates used to unlock the changing ground, in the, the training ground in the morning, get the coffee machine on. And Barnsley sneaks in, right? So bear in mind, Barnsley is playing, he's an elite prop forward at this point, right? He sneaks in and unlocks, unlocks the door, gets in and locks it behind him with a spare set of keys that he got the day before. Yeah. And he was telling us all he was going to do it. And he's like, get there early, just get there early. So we're all, Simon Taylor, the back row, he lived Scottish. on the street opposite, right? This little quiet street opposite the training ground. So we all hid in our car, parked our cars up there and hid in our cars until we saw Yatesy get there. And as soon as Yatesy arrived, we just all piled into the car park behind him and said, morning Yatesy, what are you lot doing here? So mate, we got to do some extra stretching. Oh, good lads, good lads. Mate, can you, un- can you let us in? Yeah mate, I've got the keys mate, I've got the keys boys. So he walks in and Barnsley's hiding in there and he's, Barnsley's like, I'm gonna kill the old, I'm yeah, kill yeah. him, I'm gonna kill him, I'm gonna make him have a heart attack, let's kill Yatesy, right? So it would have been great fun if it actually killed him. Anyway, he walks in, he walks around the corner and Barnsley's there in the dark, it's winter, <laughs> to Yatesy and jumps out and tries to give him a heart attack. Yatesy instinctively, smacks him straight on the jaw and drops him, <laughs> absolutely oh, drops him. So Barnsley is bent back over his knees. All the boys are there watching, because we, we're just following Yates in, but we know it's gonna happen. And he walks in and just bang, instinct, just smacks Barnsley right on the chin. Barnsley went down like a sack of shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was great, it was hey, one of the best days. Can you try days. and find out what he's up to, what he's doing now? Yeah, he can't be still alive, well, can no. he? 
I don't know. He's I, stubborn I, old boy. I though. always remember when he was fitness coach at Saracens and he was having a go at the players because we were turning up to late for training and stuff because everyone lived everywhere and yeah. stuff. He goes, you know, you choose where you live, uh, you live lads. Yeah. And then Chris Chesney just pipes up and goes, what, you chose to live in Basildon? <laughs> but I always remember he had an amazing photo on his wall and it was, we used to do all this training at Monument Hill, didn't we? Yeah, just Horrible in, Hill Springs. Yeah, Southgate, was it? Or, uh, Enfield. Enfield. Mm. Uh, was it Enfield? Something Cock like Fosters, that. round Cock Fosters. Yeah. Wasn't it, on the way into, in the way into Cock Fosters. And we just got this massive monument, monument at the top and he had an amazing picture. And we're all, everyone's knackered at the top by mm. one person that's just shining out, Gerald Arasa. Oh, gee. Do you remember him? Oh, yeah, sexual chocolate. Yeah, so I, I, yeah. Pick, I picked him up. He used to live close to, close to us, and I picked him up before a game once. And um, I drove to his house, collect him. He's in a shotgun seat of the car. We're driving to Vicarage Road for a game. And I'm looking at him, and I can see glitter in his afro. And I, I go to I go, to, I go, Gerald. We were out last night, and he looks at me. He goes, "Shanks, mum's the word, right?" And then, <laughs> and then spends the next half hour pulling out glitter. We were in. We went. A, we had a um, a social. Remember, we uh, we used to do the Piccadilly line, didn't we? From yeah. Cock Fosters yeah. all the way into King's Cross. Rough gig that month. Yeah. yeah. Everyone. We used to stop off every stop, which was about fourteen stops. Have a pint back in the tube. Yeah, and, uh, that windowless pub at Seven Sisters Road. Oh, that, mate, there were some shocking ones, weren't mm. there? We tried, and then we thought it'd be a good idea to pass people through the tra- uh, the trains, didn't we? Put the windows down on the tube. It was a good idea. Yeah, get yeah. everyone to clap and stuff like that. I maintain that's that a good idea. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know where I'm going with this story now. Uh, we're talking about Yatesy. Oh, Gio Rassa. Gio Rassa. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gio Rassa. So we we go to Kings Cross. We've had fourteen pints. You know, doesn't touch the sides for people like me and you. But mm. you know, Ben Johnson's crying. Yeah, yeah, he's already gone home. Yeah. <laughs> he's too pissed. Um, and we were in the Hippodrome then, in the night, Leicester right, Square. Yeah. And uh, I'm at the bar going around in, and I was a student at the time. Well, not a student, but I didn't have much money at the time. I was on this YTS training scheme at yeah, Saracens. Same as, and, yeah. and Gerald Rasser goes, he goes, Shanks, give me a JD and Coke, double, like this, right? <laughs> and just slides a £2 coin over to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... Gerald, I don't think that's going to be enough, mate. Yeah. I, remember, I remember getting... Because um, he lived in North London near us. Yeah. We lived in uh, Stoke Newington, didn't we? been a massive flood there, actually, this week. Has it? Yeah. A 30-inch pipe, water pipe burst. Ooh, jeez. Yeah. I know. Oh, well, lucky our flash motors aren't parked there anymore. Yeah. Um, and I was Danny Grucott lived up the road before we went to Bath in Holloway, where it was near the prison. Actually, quite a nice house, but in a bit of a rough area, both all of ours. But um, we gave G a lift home and he, he sort of lived North London somewhere and we're just outside Tottenham or something like that. And we, anyway, all the whole way back in the car and he's like, yeah, man, I've got to get out of this area, man. It ain't good, man. They, every time the brother's walking down the street, man, they're stopping you, man, for nothing. Stopping you for nothing, saying you look threatening, man. It ain't right, it ain't right. Anyway, <laughs> we were just like, yeah, that isn't great, actually, G, you're right. And we love G, like he was a public school boy, you know. We, we, knew, we knew G, but anyone. Then he gets out of the car and he couldn't drive, could he? No, he couldn't drive, no. no. He got out of the car and he'd been training, like, so he had a pair of jeans, but he'd got changed with jeans or whatever. And he was going straight out uh, to meet his uh, mates, his crew, he called them, going to meet the crew, going to meet the crew at the cinema, right? They were going to watch, like, some animated adventure at the cinema. He's <laughs> like, <laughs> so, yeah, meeting the boys, man, meeting the crew for a couple of beers before we go out, man. Where are you going? Yeah, we're going to watch, like, Jumanji. <laughs> <laughs> Dad, Dad and I were pissing ourselves. He gets out of the car 
and he's like he's got this full length leather coat I mean he looked amazing in it like he was a like, shaft yeah shaft a shaft coat and he's like yeah. amazing looking guy wasn't he like really good looking guy shredded up like big guy as well and he got out of the car and strutted like you could see the bottom of this he's what 5'10 or something yeah and this this coat was 5'9 long and the bottom of it's almost but it's, he looked it sounds ridiculous because it was <clears throat> excuse me but he struts off down the road and he honestly looks like he's about to chin every person he walks past with the full-on gangster lean. So we ring him, and he's like, <clears throat> hello. I was like, gee, it's flats. We're still in the car. He looks around. Yeah, have I forgot something? No, mate, we're just telling you. Drop the strut, mate. Do you want a salad with that bowl? That's what you're getting pulled over, mate. No, I ain't, mate, it's race, man. It's race, man. It's, race. it's not race, mate. It's because you look like you're going to knock people out. Were you, uh, did you come with us that time you watched three films in a cinema, but you only paid for one? No. Oh, it was me, Tony Rock, who I met in the Sevens. Rocky, did yeah, you? Yeah, seen that. Saracens, open side for years, England Sevens legend. Yeah, yeah. still very quick, running onto the field with the was messages. He? Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. working with the England Sevens team now, yeah, isn't he? That's right, that's right. Has he still got really, really black eyes? Yeah, he does. Like dead man's eyes? Yeah, it's, yeah. Now, it's now gone to his teeth. Oh, well. Um, uh, John Dawson. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and... Tight head prop. Kearnsy, Matt Kearns. Matt okay. Kearns. And we watched one film... Uh, and we didn't pay for the other three. Which three? You didn't pay for the other two? No, that's right. That, well, that's criminal. That's, that's um, It's a great story. Um, it's a hell of a story. Of it, just sort of it there. It's a hell of a story. If I can't sleep tonight, can I give you a ring and you run that past me again? Are you going to ask me what I've been up to? Well, wasn't going to, no. Um, what have you been up to? I'm going to cut that cinema <laughs> bit out of this anyway, so people won't remember. I don't blame you, yeah. We're, yeah. Re we're really good at cutting stuff out, aren't we? Yeah, we're really yeah. good with uh, The reason why I was saying that is because there's some amazing films we watched. Remember Kevin and Perry Go Large? Oh, that yeah. Oh yeah, amazing. <clears throat> I remember being in the cinema, the Odeon. Um, what is the road I'm trying to think of? Um, North Turnpike Lane. Anyway, right. Anyway, North North London. It's where we dropped G off to Girasa. Yeah. Um, um, and it, I remember going in there with uh, my girlfriend at the time to watch the Hannibal movie, and there were all these like it was just it was like a um, it wasn't very full the cinema. So we're sitting there, a couple of rows in front of us was this big group of lads. Um, like the big group of rude boys and they were kind of really loud on their phones before the film started and I was like jeez I hope they don't talk the whole way through the film because it's basically all of them were reasonably large and yeah. there was about I mean when I say there are 15 of them it's probably 10 of them yeah. and I'm thinking mm. anyway 10 minutes into the film and we actually can't hear the film and my girlfriend at the time was just like should we just go Because it, and I was like nah I'm not going to go I think well there's CCTV, they're not going to fill me in. So I just was like, boys, that's enough. That is enough noise. Did you do it like and Ross it was like Friends, like that? It was like, yeah, like the, it lobster with my, the lobster hands. hands. Yeah. I was, and I did it like Ross Kemp, actually. Okay. And I remember thinking, they probably think I'm really hard, even though I'm not. I'm thinking, and they were actually really nice. They were like, sorry, mate, sorry, you're dead right, sorry. And um, then one of them got their phone out five minutes later. And I was like, hey, put your phone away, man. You know, they were actually really nice. And then Hannibal, the bit in Hannibal where he's he's on like the trolley and he's got the yeah. they take the face mask off him and the lady walks past and he and just bang he bites her yeah. he leans forward and bites her. I I'm a jumper like I properly jump at jumpy films and I jumped and let out this really high pitched squeal <laughs> like by accident. So my girlfriend was laughing on the way out. All these lads are waiting outside, right by the door. Yeah, waiting outside by the door and I was like, uh, and my girlfriend was like, oh no. And I was like, uh, I hope we're not getting to a fight. And they're like, here he is, here he is. And I was like, okay, looks like we're 
brawling and I'm going to get filled in. Yeah. They're like, for a big guy, man, you scream like a girl, innit? <laughs> right. I remember I remember another one. It was on Holloway Road, the cinema. Holloway Road, that's yeah. it. That's it. And we were watching Lord of the Rings, the first one out. And everyone got there early before the film started. And we got a little bit late. We had to book seats. It was me, you, and your girlfriend at the time. Yeah. So there's no music, there's no film on. Everyone's sat there waiting and we make a bit of a commotion as we're getting in and I sit down in my seat and you're a big guy so you take a little bit of time sitting down and I remember mm. you grab you grab the size of the seat and you're coming down slowly into the seat and I just got this <laughs> my hips <laughs> I look at this, mate, that's disgusting what are you doing that's horrendous it probably and worked though and you start sweating yeah oh. it properly worked it was so simple such a budget gag but yeah. everyone bought it so what about what about when you go with a team and you always let the first person walk in yeah and, <laughs> yeah hello everybody look at me <laughs> mate we got because we go out with Danny Grucock a lot and he's like achieved so much in the game um, we're probably going to talk about him late when we talk about Dylan Hartley just because they've both um, got bad records but yeah. Dan achieves so much but he's so shy as you know so like he can stand on stage and talk about stuff easy enough but everywhere we go this happens to this day Matt Powell the old uh, scrum half who yeah. now works at Bath we're really old mates uh, as you know because you are too and everywhere we go Powley will find a way to announce Danny like mate we'll go to like Pizza Express and he will find a way to announce Danny so he walked into this pub near his house a little while ago. Dan's like, fancy a drink? And it's like, yeah, yeah. So we walk, we're in Wells where he lives. He's just moved. We're in Wells, Cathedral City. And we walk to his local pub and it's this little dump down the road with like 10 people in it. Right? Yeah. Not dump, perfectly nice, little pub. Hardly anyone in there. And Powley's like, um, yeah, give me five minutes. I've just got to make a couple of calls for work. It's a Sunday night. So we walk in to the pub yeah. and Powley walks in and they're like, they have prepared a welcome it's awful. And Powley walks in, he's like, ladies and gentlemen, he says the same thing every time. Yeah. Bath, England, British Lions, it's Danny Grucock! As he walk in, and there's like 10 people who are old, don't know who he is. Dan tries to walk out, but we're, we're wise to it, so we block the entrance and he just has to stand there. Right. It's, it's horrible when that happens. Like we, um, the Sevens last weekend, we were doing it to Joe Roth, because he was sitting by us every time he got up. Yeah. Everyone was shouting, hey. ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for <laughs> Australian 87 caps, yeah. two tries against the Lions, Gerard. They ate it. They yeah. ate it. Um, I did done to me once at Harlequins. We went to watch Harlequins Blues last year, and Reese Blumberg, mate of mine. Yeah. Just. He gets a lot of airtime on here, Blumberg. Yeah. He doesn't deserve he, it. He just shouts out, we're having a drink in the clubhouse under the, uh, under the stand. Nothing's going on, no music. He just, all of a sudden, he starts going, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm loving it, I'm thinking, what's he gonna say, what's he gonna say? He goes, please welcome to the clubhouse, Cardiff Blues and Wales legend, Tommy. Oh, was, savage. I gone, savage. I just got, I don't often get embarrassed. I've yeah. gone, I've gone, I'm looking for a table to hide under. It's, and like, there's a few people looking and like, uh, yeah, uh, and I'm like, I've got like about four <laughs> yeah. little claps like that. Oh, I mean, it was it was horrendous. Mate, the worst, I hated it. The worst ever. The worst, well, the two worst ever. One was we're at the comedy store in Clapham, a load of us, and we got everyone's having a few beers, and one of the like halfway through someone's comedy act, this big Aussie guy comedy act, one yeah. of our mates just shouts, "Danny Grucock's in the house!" <laughs> and it's just like Danny looks across the table. He's called Hugh, this guy. He Williams. Yeah. He's like Williams, last chance. And in the end, like ten minutes later. Danny and he gets halfway through it and Dan got him by the throat Dan will finish like he'll fill him in he won't muck about like yeah. best mate or not Dan will fill him in if he loses the plot yeah. so 
luckily Williams is so like drunk he kind of collapses under Dan's grip and the, then the comedian picks up and he goes who the fuck is this Danny Grucock and everyone looks around who are you mate and Dan's looking at the comedian like is it Dan Dan it was yes yeah yes yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah who are you mate Indian guy yeah. and he was brutal but the best one ever was um, Danny Grucock Danny's own stag do in Edinburgh or in the borders or something like that so I had a mate of a mate who had this little B&B and we went uh, deer stalking but without any deer stalking so we went for the walk basically because we didn't want to kill any deer I didn't is that because you wanted to go like the film Deer Hunter I'm yeah like, I wanted I wanted, squeal, to, I wanted to go feral squeal piggy no that's uh, what's that that's deliverance uh, deliverance yeah. same thing they go and shoot him exactly the same thing yeah. so we walk, we're in this pub and we just go to a pub for an all day and it's the Heineken Cup final you know where Leinster came back and beat Northampton yeah it was that day oh yeah and this was a football pub right so we go in and we find out can you show the can you show the um, rugby and the guy's like I would rather not because there's a football match on there's a, whatever it is Rangers or whatever we're playing and in the end Powley, Matt Powell persuades them goes on and on and says look it's, you know, it's only an hour, 20 minutes gone already yeah. can we just put the rugby on so we put the rugby on Two guys come straight to our table and say, if you asked them to put this on, in the thick Scottish accent, I won't do because you'll mock it. If you had them put this on, and we're like, yeah, it's okay if we just put... And the guy's like, mate, we're watching the football. I love Scottish accents. So in the end, yeah, so in the end, there's two TVs and they put the football on one. The guy literally walked to our table and said, why have you put this on? They didn't like it. It's a half-time. You know uh, Dave Thompson? Yeah. Another guy played at Sarri's. Tomo. Tomo. Never the hawk. Tomo Hawk. Never mind. He gets up on the mic and it's all pre-planned. And he's like, hi, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Dave Thompson. Um, you know, sort of yada yada. Great to be here. Great to be at the Heineken Cup final day. And everyone's looking at him like, and everyone's looking at him like, mate, we don't give a shit about what you're talking about. And he's like, it just gives me great pleasure to welcome up Bath, <laughs> England, British Lions, Danny Grucott for a quick Q&A. <laughs> he brings it up. He brings it. Dan's like, no. And he's like, come on, Dan. No. Dan. Come on. And Everybody give him a round of applause. And it was savage. And he's like, guys, uh, you guys over there, and he's all these meathead football fans looking over, guys, you must have a couple of questions for Danny about his career. And he like, walks over with a roving mic. Oh. It was, and the guy's like, not really. It was awful, mate. It was absolutely awful. And then Dan lost a bet and had to get naked and go on top of a car, go car surfing. But there you go. Really? It's immature. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So what have you been up to, Tommy? Oh, mate, well... Um, I watched the, the Blues play on Saturday afternoon. You went live? Yeah. Doing the media live. stuff, yeah? Yeah, loads of media, mate. Yeah, flat out when yeah, you... Yeah, just too much. Don't know how your agent books it all in, to be honest. No, I was writing reports on the TV, on the radio, mm. wireless. Call Offering it. comment. Yeah, and then up the clubhouse and stuff. So watch them play Bath. We get onto the results a little bit later on. Will we? Um, yeah, maybe. We should we'll, talk we'll about t- rugby, really. We'll, we'll touch yeah. on them. But I was up at Cobra Rugby Club. Uh, yesterday on Sunday. Where's that to then? Part I'm an ambassador for NatWest Rugby Force, whatever. And yeah. um, part of that is that um, a rugby club gets use of me for the full year. So I had to go up to Cobra. So what can I use you for? Anything they want. Wow. I, I missed the first gig. <laughs> yeah. Uh, booked a holiday, unfortunately. So they sent a lookalike up. They sent Nugget up. Um, yeah, thank Gareth Thomas. Yeah, Nugget. which Anyone, I think Jimmy they preferred. Evans. I think they preferred him. Jimmy Somerville. Yeah. Ross. No. No. Voldemort. Anyway, oh, yeah. um, so I went up there and I had a brief from Nat West that um, I could only have two drinks um, at the dinner. They gave you that in the brief? Yeah, which was fine. You know, it didn't, it didn't matter anyway because I was driving, so yeah, I'd, I'd five. Tommy. No, no joking. We don't joke about that. No, that is co- correct, mate. Five. Okay. You haven't asked me five what? Squashes. All right. Um, and so it's a fairly good brief about talking about, yeah, your past and some of the highlights of your career and stuff like that. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm going there thinking, right, this is going to be a fairly sensible chat. I get there, I meet the president of the club, and he says, got some bad news for you. The strippers are cancelled this year. The <laughs> <laughs> leisure centre won't allow it. <laughs> so I get there, and it is, it is a flat-out gentleman's evening. Yeah. Um, so there's no way I'm going to end up doing And there's no way I'm going to do a Q&A with... 280 people there no so uh, I end up I said look let me just speak for like half hour 40 minutes so yeah. I, I give him some comedy gold oh um, I bet you did yeah 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 give him the story about me you and Nugget remember that one no you Which don't one? remember it well I don't know me you and Martin Williams you know when we get sent to heaven no oh well, me flats remind me remind me me, <laughs> me flats and Martin Williams um, are up in heaven and we're at the gates of heaven and St Peter's welcomes us and he says Look, guys, the deal is if you come to heaven is you have to be strapped by, uh, strapped on to a woman. Mm. To determine that woman, you have to run across a duck pond. And how many ducks you kill determines how good-looking your woman is. So the more ducks you kill, the uglier she is. So Nugget, being like the leader, being the, the alpha male, the captain, the fatherly figure, mm. says, boys, I'll go first. And he, and he runs across the pond... He only kills seven ducks. Mm. Oh, man. So Peter comes over, straps a horrendous-looking bird to him. Horrendous. Yeah. Like, you know, like the ones that work in Greg's? Yeah, of course. You have moles. Yeah. Hair's coming out. strapped yeah. to her for life in heaven. Oh. I go next. Sidestepping across the duck pond. Look back. Eight ducks. Oh, brutal. My God. Shot putter. Russian shot putter strapped to me. Adam's apple. Beard. Moustache. 
got her for life. It didn't really bother me that much. No, I'm um, happy with that, really. So me and Nugget, a week later, see Flats. He's strapped to an absolute stunner, a worldie, mm. an absolute worldie. So how would you manage that? He goes, oh, she killed 15 ducks. <laughs> but, but, so but anyway, anyway, I was, I was at this dinner, this Cobra dinner, Awful. and uh, <laughs> that's, that's co- what you dropped on these poor people, is it? I was at this Cobra dinner. No, I, I, no, I give them insight, mate. Cool. I oh God, insight. I bet you do. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's a comedian called Pete Emmett. Never, Pete Emmett. Pete Emmett. Mm. Never, never met him before. Um, first time met him. He, he does a bit of work at Everton Football Club. He does a lot of MC and yeah and stuff. Absolutely. Incredible, was he really like relentless and and quite rude? I won't tell you his opening uh, his opening remarks, but you know he's he's talking about he's gone he's gone ladies and gentlemen he's from Halifax and he's gone yeah. he's gone the hardest thing about being a comedian is get heckled on stage. He's gone hardest thing get it all the time. He was did a gig last week. I was on the mic. Bloke says yeah shit. Keep going, keep going. He goes, I've shagged your mum. He goes, I walk over to him and say, Look, Dad, go home, will you? <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a load of. That's why you tell him, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Gotcha. It's all about delivering there. There's a, there's a load of youth team players at this dinner and they're, they're making a massive noise. And he's going, Oi, lads, where'd you learn to whisper? Under helicopter. <laughs> he's just, he's picking on this guy non stop. There's a guy called Bud at this dinner and he's obviously yeah. been told to pick on him and he's talking about Bud. And he's talking about this guy, Bud, you know, he fought in a um, Nigerian. He's talking about his boxing career, Bud. He goes, Bud's a bit of a boxer. If it goes, he, he didn't win a, a round. He didn't win a, a match. So he's arranged this match with a Nigerian with no feet. He goes, <laughs> so he goes he might be able to win this. A Nigerian with no feet. <laughs> so so uh, he talks about this fight and stuff and he talks about Bud getting knocked out and he goes, he, he goes he's, he's on the floor and a good friend of his wakes him up slaps him around the face with an arm and Bud wakes up and he goes how did, I, how did I get on did I win and he goes no you lost mate he goes but there's a bit of a mix up he goes you know that Nigerian with no feet I actually got it wrong 19 fights without defeat <laughs> <laughs> He was picking on. He was picking on this. There was a, there was a girl called Belle there from Synergy, and Synergy do all Synergy of, like the activation PR company. They're really yeah, good, actually. Yeah, they are really good. They're really he's, nice. He's gone. Yeah. He's talking to, you and she's she's quite young. He's gone. He's gone. You remind me of my wife. She got beard as well. Right? <laughs> this poor girl. She's probably twenty twenty one or something like that. But he was he was very good. Yeah, very good. So we did a bit of a, a talk there for a half hour, forty yeah. minutes. Yeah, just carried me off stage like good, yeah like like a hero yeah like Jesus returning to Nazareth something like that or yeah. a donkey yeah, yeah amazing like Dead Poet Society <clears throat> oh I can imagine yeah yeah, yeah. like Francois Pierno when they yeah, won the World yeah, Cup yeah. so that, that was my Sunday um, six hour round drive which is not the greatest but I listened to Nomad by Alan Partridge his audio book is it good very 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 good my is friend. it yes yeah so that's me what have you been up to boy um, well lots and lots of stuff uh, busy times but I went to barbecue. I we can see. Do it every you can see. It. I don't know where I put it, um, but it absolutely hosed with rain. So we actually had just dinner at my house with food. What was cooked on the barbecue, but it was nice, intimate affair. Um, 
yeah, little. How little intimate? Who would you know? Really intimate. We all ate nude. Um, no, we Lee Mears came. Yeah. I'm just thinking of people you would know, Matt Powell, yeah. Lee Mears, and and wives, and a couple of others, and a couple of other mates, whatever. But it was. Did you make Adam come? No, Adam, Adam didn't come. He's coming to my house this Wednesday, though. This okay. is someone that Shanks knows from my. He's we've been mates since we were kid, little kids. Adam Charmaine. Adam Charmaine. Tim Ducks. Is he going? No, he's, oh. my, he's my school captain. He lives in Miami now. Yeah. But my mate Adam came on my stag do to Ibiza, which was um, you don't need the details, guys. But it was five days, and it was. <clears throat> Excuse me, it was so aggressive actually that firstly I would never want to do it again no couldn't ever do it again I wouldn't have it in me secondly um, of the tourists there were three lads that left after 24 hours and said I just can't can't do this anymore I'm out if um, if you did go back it would be nice to bring a family size toilet roll pack with us because ran out didn't we yeah the villa left us one toilet roll on each toilet there's probably about four toilets in the mm-hmm. villa and they ran out after about a day so dishcloths Hands. Oh, it's bad times. Socks. I remember. I remember, among other things, I remember um, doing a funnel underwater, being underwater, and doing two cans of Amstel through a funnel underwater. It's quite. Yeah. A, it's quite a feat that. Yeah, it's good though. Um, and one of the lads walking around is just. I mean, this is this is pot kettle, but my mate Dog, who's got just the worst rig you've ever seen, mm. oh, horrible Nick, and he would walk around. He would be kind of nude on our premises the whole time because he was so hot because he's so fat. He was so fat, he's in better nick these days, but he's walking around, he's completely nude all the time. And the boys, it started getting a bit annoying, because he was just like, he would pretend, he'd walk around really drunk during the day, and he'd be like, oh, I might do wee-wees, I might do wee-wees anywhere, because I'm like pretending to be a baby or something. And he walked past Danny Grucock, again on his sun lounger, and pretended to like gesture like he was gonna do a wee on Dan, it's yeah. funny. And Dan had had enough, so Dan got the full, got quite big hands, and he got the full man guard, and he grabbed hold of dog, by his balls <laughs> and just Aah! and he said yeah. get some clothes on and get away from me and it was kind of like he held him there for ages and dog was like alright 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 let go let go let go and in the end the lads are coming over saying Dan let go mate he had hold for a little while that's like a voice from the movies that yeah but then he lets go and you think well he's going to go and wash his hands he just goes back to reading his magazine oh. yeah cool kept it pretty real yeah but there, were, there was a lot going on on that trip um, so Yes, had a little barbecue, which um, was, you know, what do you do? You, you kind of cook food. But I went to a pantomime. I went to a pantomime on Sunday night in Bath uh, with uh, the family, and it was two and a half hours long. What pantomime, mate? Um, Aladdin. Ah. But the last Sunday, last Sunday, I was meant to be, have I told you this? I was meant to be at Ricky Gervais live in Bath. No. And I couldn't get a flight back from Newcastle oh, soon man. enough. So my mates went. Yeah. Had a nice little dinner beforehand, a couple of drinks. It was like, it was so perfect because my mate works at the theatre in Bath and I was like, you've got to get me tickets to this. I would never normally ask. I know what ball ache it is to continually be asked for tickets. Yeah. I got asked this morning for four tickets to a game. It's like, seriously, it's non-stop. I said, you would never ask. I've never asked before. And he's like, right, I've got us tickets. I've got a table booked at a restaurant. They've got an account with a taxi firm. I'm going to send a taxi. You can have a few beers. Ricky yeah. Gervais, it's going to be amazing. Sounds good, mate. I, I, was in, I was in Newcastle instead. Did they record it for you? No, nothing. No? Not like no. that advert where you record it and then you give it, you put the 3D glass on, you can watch it back? No, that's, that's not actually the truth. It doesn't actually happen, that stuff. Oh. Anyway, there you are. So, um, yeah, very, very busy. And I was at the gym this morning, um, which is why I was five minutes late. Yeah, I, I went to the out. gym as well. Yeah, I was working yeah. out hard. What'd you do? Up. I see you got your CrossFit t-shirt on. CrossFat. Yeah. What's the point in doing CrossFit if you don't tell people you do CrossFit and every time you do it, you don't tell the world? I mean, there's a sketch, isn't there, where there's 
these male toilets there's a load of urinals yeah. there's one guy in the corner I'm having a pee and another guy comes in a CrossFit t-shirt but he walks all the way and stands next to the guy yeah. right next to him and says hey I do CrossFit yeah yeah um, I don't do real CrossFit though because my body doesn't work well enough but we did some um, we did some squats repped out a few back squats squats nice did that's not CrossFit by the way that's just squats that's just squats did a, we yeah. did a CrossFit wad workout of the day yeah after that which was involved running so I kind of switch off and get through that but um, the squats were good I haven't, I haven't squatted for a while so we got a few reps underway got a few reps done nice um, it was good did a 5-3-1 and a five, another then a second set of 5-3-1 are you happy with that are you yeah good I did a bit of Judy Dench did you? Yeah, yeah. How was that? Yeah, it was all right. It was all right. Good. Got to get it done, haven't you? Mate, you've got to get the chest. Yeah. No pecs, no sex. That's what they say. <laughs> Where do they say that? Um, uh, are we going to talk rugby at all? Yeah. Pod? Let's talk. Should we, go, should we just go straight into um, Dylan Hartley's red card? Okay. So that is from the Northampton Leinster game. Leinster win, 37-10. Again, not great performance by Northampton. Struggling. Mm, battling hard. Yeah. Things aren't going well for them, and right, what's your what's your view on the Hartley red? Definite red, yeah, no question. Um, and everyone says as, as soon as you what 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 kind of now we're on it, right? Now we're on it. Oh, here he goes. Um, Eyebrows are right. What now. what I don't. It's like the George North thing. It's like as soon as Dylan Hartley does something, everyone just piles in and goes absolutely crazy. And there's no there's very little perspective around and. As soon as someone says, well, Sean O'Brien was falling towards the floor, um, you say, well, you're an apologist for Dylan Hartley. No, I'm not. Sean O'Brien was falling towards the floor. I am not defending Dylan Hartley. Those two things, you don't, you know, they're not mutually exclusive, if that's the right phrase. So, Sean O'Brien's tackle around the legs is falling out. I think Dylan is going in with a swinging arm cheap shot into the back of Sean O'Brien. He's trying to whack him from the back, which isn't great, but to be honest, it ain't exactly a red card. Sean O'Brien falls, Dylan's too pumped, his eyes are closed and he's swinging his arm, you know, he's kind of blind, he's seen red mist, catches him right in the tweed, definite red, ridiculous, cost himself a Lions captaincy, I would imagine, in that moment, <clears throat> if he was in the running for it. So, that, that, is, that is one thing, in, indefensible. Putting him on the bench, I found completely odd, and it, it, it stuck out to me as, as though the coaching staff were trying to make some sort of statement by saying, well... He's England captain there, whatever they are, 13 out of 13. But our lad, Mikey Hayward's doing better. It's like you, you rest, you think about the front row you're playing with Leinster. They've got, the, I mean, the prop who's on the bench is pushing for a Lions spot, let alone the two that are starting. And you've yeah. got Cronin, brilliant player. It's like, you, surely you start your England hooker. Well, I, when, I, when I first saw that red, I saw it from the angle from behind. So you're viewing Dylan Hartley's back of his shirt. Mm. And it looks like he's coming with a swinging arm, which you, you can't do. Yeah. <clears throat> But as Sean O'Brien's fallen, he's caught the head. And it, has, it hasn't looked like he's purposely gone for the head. Yeah. When you flip that angle and you see it from the front, it looks far, far worse. Yeah. It looks like he's gone for... Um, I think it's bad timing. I'm not sure he's actually meant to go for Sean O'Brien's head. He's just meant to swing the arm in. Yeah. Bit of momentum, which you're not allowed to do. Red card, but not as bad. And certainly not the worst red card I've ever seen at all. So red card, he'll get banned. I think it's... I think he automatically gets six weeks, which will be reduced to three weeks for good behaviour, but that's not going to happen with him when it's past Mind you, the last year in the England stuff, I think he will have more mitigating or mitigation than people think. I think he might do a bit better than people think on that band. OK, well, we'll, we'll see. But we both agree it's red card. Um, Tulangi, he was, was yellow carded for mm. Leicester. Mate, nilled. 
Leicester were oh, nil by nose. Munster. And we know how good Munster have been this year so far and how emotionally charged they yeah, are. They were, they were incredible, that. but I did not know, nor did I. Tuolangi comes flying over the top of a ruck, mm. using his shoulder, um, gets yellow carded. I think it's the right decision. Um, he doesn't connect with anyone, but he goes right over the top and there is a swinging arm. And if he was to connect with a Munster player, that shoulder of his would have been in the Munster player's face. Yeah, it's a big shoulder. Yeah, it's and huge. I, I don't mind. I don't mind Manu Tuolangi getting yellow cards and red cards because every time he's in the sim bin or sent off, he can't get injured. So I think that's a good thing. True. Um, but I the the one that worries me not worries me the one I dis the decision I dislike the most from the weekend is Curtly Beale's yellow card against Connor for in his first game for Wasps. He was re- Curtly Beale was really really good. Played him at twelve as well. Yeah. Scored the first try. He was so strong. Mate, like, he just rode that tackle. Yeah. He's been in the gym, mate. Since he did his knee, he's been in the gym. He looks big and yeah. he looked really physical. But that yellow card for the high tackle, it's, uh, even Di Young's come out and said it, and DORs don't generally come out and say these things. No. And you don't want to be the guy that says, game's gone soft once you've retired, because it's so unoriginal. But it's a joke. It's an absolute joke. That yellow card is a joke. You've got someone, he's tackling his, he's tackling someone... I don't know, he's not even swung an arm in, it's kind of, I suppose he has swung an arm in, but it's a high tackle of someone whose head is chest height to the tackler, and yeah. when they're, it's alright, if one of them's Devon Toner and the other one's, you know, Peter Stringer, then there's going to be a problem, but these guys are a similar height, similar sized blokes, and I just think, find it and Google it, it was just a joke. Going, going back to the Northampton game against Leinster briefly, Another thing that really puzzled me was that because Dylan Hartley was sent off, they had to bring Mikey Hayward back on yeah. and they got to sacrifice a player. And they took off Tom Wood, who was by 800 miles their best player. He was so on it. He was In attack, they didn't do a huge amount, but in defence, he was on it. And he'd been playing so well for England. I thought, well, you've just given the game up. You've given up by taking him off. Then, after the match, I don't know. To listeners at home, I don't know if we're going to be able to do it. We might not. But I've got the audio on my phone um, of Tom Wood's interview with BBC Radio Northampton after the game. Yeah. And I say this respectfully, the questioning is odd. It's a little bit fawning and it's just an odd line of questioning. The first question being, well, there actually was loads of positives to take out of that, wasn't there, Tom? And he's like, no, of course there weren't. It was odd. His answers, I'm going to go so far as to say this, Tommy, make it the best post-match rugby interview in terms of content I've ever heard is that good just brutally brutally honest okay. really bright really bright really incisive really articulate and pulls no punches it's well if we can't attach it to this pod then google and, it any it. comedy involved in that no oh right no I mean Nick is it Cummings the honey oh. badger <laughs> yeah. he, he does the best he does the best comedy ones yeah, but yeah, for yeah. content this is this was amazing and you just you hear that and you think poof you know, if Dylan Hartley's not England captain, Tom Woods just put himself in the running by the sort of personality he's got. Elster Claremont, 39-32 to Elster. Did you see the Piatau try? Yeah. Mate. He's a joke. I scored one like that against Romania. Did you? Yeah. And without sounding offensive, you know, the, I think the Romanians were a tougher competition back in 2004. You um, they, yeah. That, Charles Piatau's ridiculous. His brother's just, Siali's just arrived at Bristol. He's arriving at Bristol in January. He's just signed for Bristol. He is so good, Piatau. Yeah, he's, he's so a, good. He's incredible. He's, he's a, so but good. But what a win from Elster as well. Ian and Henderson, man of the match. Yeah. Has, he's going to be a British line. We've spoken about him, haven't we? we have. And playing at six, wasn't he, for Ulster? And I like that because I think, as we said before, that 
the, the one the area in which the British Lions are most spoiled, I think, is second row at mm. the moment. If everyone stays fit, and they're gonna, they'll take four or five, but they will need a number of guys that can cover both. Of course you will. Of course you will. Yeah. And he, he's like Stephen Ferris never went in the second row, but since Stephen Ferris, I don't think they've had a bona fide freak like that. Not quite sure about his outfit on the weekend with the TV. Did you see it? No. He had a sort of like a a blue suit on. Yeah. Black shirt and. Uh, I'm not sure what colour tie it was. Should we have a word? Yeah. Should we have a quick word? We'll try, we'll try and get a picture up on the, on the website. But then Toulon Scarlets, mm. when you watch that game, um, they've played obviously before and, and what have you, but it is, the actual size of players is mm. incredible. Yeah. The, the size difference is yeah. so clear to see. You look at Nanu and Bassero in that midfield. It's jokes. Bassero was, was, had one of his good games as yeah, well. Yeah, he did. Um, they don't come around very often in my opinion uh, do you see Habana miss a kick no so he gets a ball he's trying to clear the line he doesn't miss the ball but just spoons it off oh uh, savage yeah um, mind you he's probably got enough credit in the bank by now yeah. did you see Pascal Pape's dive no theatrical dive he got no. he got chinned by oh, Phil Burley I think I've made that name up anyway okay. um, he got chinned admittedly got a little dig but Pascal Pape is massive 65 caps in the French second row so he's hard and he just dived and did a proper football dive yeah. got the guy done it was horrendous horrendous I, I'm going to go so far as to say I want him banned for every bit as long as Dylan Hartley gets banned for that swinging arm for diving can you take this some notes down and we want to we want the Tom Wood interview on our Twitter feed and we also want the Pape dive if you but, can find that can you retweet it yeah. Okay. Uh, I've got that. That's your job. I'm just hang on. I'm just gonna loading up my Celtic man. Um, we there's also the incident with Nigel Owens. Yes. Yes. He forgot Gar Steenson's name. So there was some sort of incident going on. He called over the captain, and he said to Gar, he goes, "What's your name?" He went, "Gareth." Went right, Gareth. So it was picked up live on on TV, and Brian O'Driscoll. He's been on the show. Yeah. He. Uh, he lets Nigel have a little bit in the review show on BT Sport. He, Does he? Yeah, he sort of says, you know, the, Nigel should know that player's name. He's the captain of Exeter. They've had the coin toss before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you can forget names on the spot, though. Yeah. <clears throat> Under pressure, you can forget names. He knew it, uh, Nigel then comes on Twitter and says, look, I knew his nickname was Steno, but I forgot his first name. Yeah. He, he had a brain fart, basically. Yeah. Um, all been there yeah <laughs> yeah. and these, so, mate, these refs now are like they're like public speakers out there like everything they say is heard if they stumble over their words they make mistakes they're hammered it's like they're, they've got a proper audience now yeah well a lot of them will go to after dinner speaking as well mm. won't they because of the stories they've got Nigel Jones is very good if you ever get a chance to book him um, or make sure you try me and Flats first but yeah. he'd be a great second um, very funny yeah very he is good. very very he's funny he's got lots and lots of stories mm. He's very, very good, yeah. Um, we all, did you, I don't know if you might not have seen it, but the Keelan Giles try for the Ospreys. Yes, ridiculous. Oh my God. Yeah. This guy has to play. They have to involve him in Wales soon. Mate, why would you pick him when you're Alex Cuthbert? I'm being bitchy now, I'm being bitchy now. We've, we've made our, I've, we've said what we think about this, but I, well I have. Um, he's got to play for Wales and they should, have, they should have started him against Japan, whatever they didn't. I, he has to play because to play, it's, it was all about What's he like to play against? And for me, he is terrifying. The thought playing against him is terrifying. Raw, raw pace. Yeah. Now I was quick, but oh, God, I, you were quick. I had to do it the hard way. You know, I didn't do it with like cleans and 
snatch and all that. You know, yeah. I just just naturally fast. I was the great white hope, but this guy yeah, really white. You're the great translator. This, this guy is rapido. Yeah, he is. Yeah, they are crying out for him. There's yeah. a spot in Wales on the wing. Since Shano retired, mate. Since Shano retired, no one will ever fill that man's boots. But no, um, they can't. Mainly because most of them have adult yeah, shoe sizes. Size four. The size four. Yeah, man, um, the money he's saved on kit over the years, incredible. No. Um, any other results that stand out for you? We're, we're missing loads, uh, I expect. But uh, Bath got humped at Cardiff. Yeah, they did. You were there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's what happens when Sam comes back. When Warby comes back, that's what happens. He opens a can of it, and that's it. Job oh, done. Did he play well? He's right. He's not in my good books at the moment. Why not? Well, we careful, mate. You know, this is my, this is my buddy now. I know, I know, I know. You do get very protective. It's yeah. like a child. Yeah, we've got so much in common. Um, yeah, mostly Range Rover. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ah, well, we, we, we booked a dinner. Uh, we've got a dinner going, you know that. You're hosting it. I'm hosting um, it. Yeah. It was a previous Six with Nations. Sam. With Sam and James Haskell, and he's pulled out last minute. Oh. Yeah. He's got an Adidas photo shoot that he's oh. uh, doing now instead of it, which is very annoying for me. Have you ever pulled out of dinner last I, minute? Do you know, the, the pulling out of dinners is... It, it's annoying because we sold it on... Him being there. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, pulling out, rugby players pulling out of dinners, <clears throat> excuse me, is a real thing. Excused. But, you know, because I, I did a, had a couple of testimonial events a few years ago, but I'm, I know lots of people that plan events, so I host, I host, compare a lot of events, so you get to know the organisers. Yeah. And I can't remember, I can't remember going to a rugby event where major names haven't pulled out really close to the event. And, it, what, sometimes, you got, sometimes you can't do it, right? Sometimes you have to pull out of an event and that's life. It's the way it goes. Fixture list gets changed. It, you know, that's fine. Sometimes there's something you just cannot move. Yeah. Um, but as a rule, I would, I would say, I'm not saying this about Sam because I've got no idea. I didn't know he pulled out of the dinner and I don't know anything about his schedule and he's a lovely man, so give him benefit of the doubt. But as a rule, I would say that 90% of pull-out excuses are bollocks. Um, I pulled out of, I pulled out of one dinner last minute. Because of bollocks? Because of bollocks. Yeah. Um, because of my bollocks. But um, I was hosting at Isha Rugby Club for John Inverdale a few years ago, and I pulled out the day before the event. No, speaking, he was hosting. I was guest speaker because my wife went into labour early. Mm, and in fairness, she it, was still... That- she was still having the baby when the dinner was going on, so I couldn't have been there. Pretty shit excuse, but... It is a shit excuse, but I, well... Wasn't even, wasn't it is even, and it isn't. wasn't even yours. Um, it wasn't, it isn't. <laughs> yeah. It, <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't miss a game for that, probably, but I would miss a speech. But that's the only one, but I went back two years later and did it. I did. Uh, I, I've, I've done one as well. Um, it's, it was with Tumble Rugby Club. Um, I ended up doing... I had to do in Sports in Doha... But Doha. Yeah, but I will do something for Tumble. Yeah. Um, so if, if anyone from Tumble is listening, you can get me FOC. Mm. Um, probably for the Six Nations. Freaky old. Yeah. Yeah. But I yeah. So I, it's it's a real thing, and I remember doing my testimonial. Just the best guys, the best guys were the guys that, and I learned a lot. I really learned a lot about how to behave on sort of on the circuit, but yeah. how much work it is to organise. Uh, you you, ha- you have to turn up to events. You can't pull out last minute because yeah. it will get around. It will get around. You're unreliable unless you're like a huge, huge, massive name like Martin Johnson or Martin Williams or Shane Williams. But they turn you, up, which, mate. Which you're always going to get work, even if they pull out. Yeah. 
Um, they, they could be tossers and still get loads of work. Yes. But the reason they're so popular is partly because they were such good players, but because yep. they turn up. Yep. So <clears throat> I did this, or I might have done this and I said this on another pod, but I organised it. No, my mate organised an event before the World Cup in whatever month it was, September, whatever, in London. And he said, I don't know any of the rugby guys. Can you get two massive legends, one from New Zealand, one from England, to come uh, to do a Q&A after lunch with our clients? So I got Martin Johnson and Sean Fitzpatrick. Yeah. You ring them both up, and it's like, mate, this date, this time, can you make it? Yep, yeah, no problem. Do you want a car? Do you want transport? No, you're right, mate. Jono's like, oh, I'll get the train and get the tube over, it's quicker. Yeah. And it's like, do you want a booking form? No, you're right, mate. See you there. Uh, and you get, I got one text from Sean Fitzpatrick or his agent or something saying, what time does it finish roughly? I saw roughly four o'clock, cool. It ended up finishing at five, no yeah. complaints. They both just turn up, done. Absolutely reliable, performed brilliantly, Brilliant. really good with all the people. Yeah. And you just think, so during my testimonial, I remember ringing Nick Easter and saying, uh, Nick, would you like to come to a dinner? And he knows the score. He knows that it just helps out if you say yes, because you're trying to organize so much stuff. I said, would you come as a guest? And he was like, mate, I'll be there. This is months in advance. Text me the date and time. So I text him and he says, dress code, do you want me to bring any other lads to help fill tables with players? Yeah. I said, if you could bring two more, that'd be great. Didn't hear another word from him. Assumed a oh, typical rugby lad, he's not coming. Yeah. Turns up five minutes for the start, five minutes early with two other lads from Quinns, done. Brilliant. You're like, legends. They're all suited and booted straight from training, sweat on on the tube. They were there for the whole thing. You're like, that. Then Nick Easter, a year, couple of years later, says, will you host a dinner for me in Mayfair from, or whatever it is for my testimonial no what's your fee I said 100% there is no fee you know 100% do that yeah. so that's how to behave and I do think the pull out rate is just brutal on these things and, and it's a bit old school but I think you have to you know I'm, and this isn't a comment on Sam I'm sure he's, there's a good reason because he seems like a great guy but he is a great guy but just bloody well turn up and do what you said you were going to do because that is when people start saying it's turning into football when lads just do what they want and don't do what they can't be asked doing because it doesn't help them you know that's that's how I feel about it Shanks this might be our most rambliest ever pod so far but we got we've we're going to ramble on some more we've got some questions actually loads of questions so thank you everyone for sending those in the first one is via email from Greg West um, and it's a very long email, Greg, so don't do that again, mate. Okay, the this is short. Brother of John, isn't he? Yeah. 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 Mother of John. Yeah. Brother of John. John. Who's John West? Are you thinking Fred West? No, that's. Why do I think that? He makes I tuna. I don't know, because you're a weirdo. John West makes tuna. John West makes tuna. Jesus Christ. We've sunk low. Um, Who said Fred? Yeah, that's I know. Even worse. Yeah. Uh, all right, look. Question. Um, when building alliance uh, or international squad, how much balance do you need between experience and form? So, for example, if Alan Wynne Jones has a poor Six Nations or gets a bit injured and yeah. is rusty, do you still pick him because he's so experienced and so been so good in the past that level, or do you go straight with you know Itoji and Henderson because yeah. Alan's lost a bit, Alan Wynne's lost a bit of form? Yeah, it is experience and form. I agree with that. But someone like Alan Wynne will never play badly. I've not seen him play badly for Wales or his club he just doesn't he's just not that type of player mm. what he does is incredibly good he's, it's nothing flash but you know he's got an offloading game he's got a carrying game he always performs he's so intense 
so intense in training. You don't want to be partnered with him, you know, in tackle drills and yeah, things loves like that. Loves it. Always gets up for it. Um, but, you know, if he's if he's been injured and he's sat on the bench a few times and what have you and they're picking the lines, 100% I would pick him because he knows what it's like to perform at that level. Because there's players who play great for their club, but they make that step up to international level. They realise that the space isn't there. You know, they, they can't dominate their opposite number because everyone's the same size. Um, but this guy is a proven, proven warrior and p- potentially could be captain as well. Yeah, I um, I want to accuse you of being biased because you're a Welshie, but I don't think you are. I, 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 I don't think you pick international teams purely on form. And I think lots of, you know, lots of... Uh, Fans want coaches to do that, but actually, as a coach, I think you, you, of course you want players in form. You certainly what you what you want least of all is players in bad form, and hope they're going to find something. So you want guys playing reasonably close to their full potential, but you you want to pick a good number of guys that you can feel confident are going to deal with that pressure really well. So I know, I know that they can. I know that they can. Yeah. yeah, but of course, no one they don't know. They only know Alan Wynne Jones deals really well with the pressure because one time they took a punt on him you know a couple of tours ago so they've got yeah. to take a punt on some people but then say you've got I realise it'll probably be Johnny Sexton playing 10 or big or whatever but then say you've got Farrell versus Ford as, exa- as an example for the British Lions 10 in the minds of the coaches and I realise that isn't the case I'm just using those names as an example George probably mo- offers more all round in terms of sort of creative kicking game yeah. whatever attacking game but you just you just it just feels like more of a punt to select him than it does Owen Farrell who's been there and who is so composed at the top level occasionally doesn't, lashes out doesn't make on. many mistakes either doesn't miss many tackles he, he seems almost he seems almost to concentrate harder the bigger the occasion mm. and be cooler so he'll lash out every now and again but luckily he plays in the same team as Dylan Hartley so no one ever notices his <laughs> cheap shots <laughs> I've got one here from Alistair um, on Twitter HR, at HR Tinker um, he says boys given the plethora of red cards is the risk that this just kills the spectacle and the product yeah 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 I think so you, you need like I think we need a TMO um, but you can use a TMO too much for too many things I would I would welcome a conversation around reducing um, the number of incidents or the number of sort of uh, areas in which a TMO can be used because I think it takes up so much of the game now. And so I you're, saying, we're saying, you're saying that it's getting a bit soft? Um, so the, the, the cards, yeah, I think there needs some regulation yeah. and yeah. player safety needs to come first. But I th- You can see why red cards are dished out for tackles in the air and what have you because that is that can be incredibly dangerous. You know, if someone's feet go beneath them in the air, they land on their neck. It's, yeah. it's pretty serious. Well, I think that is. I think that's one of the most serious ones there, there's a balance here isn't there so I don't you know my, I've got girls I might not play rugby but say what my kids are playing rugby do I want it to be illegal to tip them on their head from six feet in the air well they're related to me so they're never going to get off the ground but no I don't I don't want that I don't I want it to be illegal um, so there is a balance there but it's a delicate balance because I think and I say this you know in a considered fashion I'm not being reckless because I've played myself and I didn't want to get hurt when I played I didn't equally didn't want to hurt other people but I think rugby has to remain dangerous that's part of its charm that's part of not not crazy doesn't mean we allow everything but I think if you over sanitise the sport and I think we are in grave danger of doing that now I think the balance is going too far 
Curtly Bill's yellow card it's only a yellow card who cares they won anyway didn't affect the game at all but it's just an absolute joke and you know I, I kind of I, I don't I don't despair because who am I to despair about rugby I love rugby but I that's why we're here but I sort of think it can go way too far and a good talking to from a ref and a good you know is, I, I think you could use that a lot more often than cards I've got another one on, on Twitter from T Davis at MC Tomo Tommy whatever um, he's correcting us because I think last week we talked about one of the longest runs in international rugby um, with mm. New Zealand and that England could beat it mm. um, in the Six Nations without playing New Zealand mm. quite clever that isn't it mm. anyone think that was thought up yeah last year good idea um, yeah good special. idea um, he says just listen to this week's podcast Cyprus have the longest win streak as an international I've, re- I've replied to that with tier 1 we're talking about we're talking about tier 1 we're not talking oh, okay. about I mean respect I, I want to be respectful here what a Cyprus tier 40 well mate my place respectful him. Blum's cousin plays for him exactly Dom Dom yeah born and bred I've about, got a mate about, that plays about your size but plays in the centre there you go I've, yeah. got, I've got a mate he's like, that plays he's like, Malta he's like your size but with Mark Mabel Toff's legs oh poor guy yeah so, quite nippy small and hairy yeah yeah Real fast twitch though. But they've, yeah, it, we're talking tier one, Chief. Um, you know that as well as I do. Uh, a question here from, I've got to try and find out who asked it, Tommy. Um, do you want to hit you with one? Don't hit me. Okay. I want to know who asked it. Uh, you hit me with one and I'll try and find it because I don't want to ask a question um, without okay. giving somebody this, credit. It's probably quite good for you. Um, Dylan Miles on Twitter has said, have you ever had a new season's jersey and thought, this is hanging? Yeah, Shanks, I'm thinking Wales grey Reebok World Cup top. Yeah, you must have had some, mustn't you? Yeah, there's been a few. Um, Yellow doesn't really suit me. And Wales have had a few. It washes you out, doesn't it? Wales have a few. Looks like I've got a hoodie on. Um, Wales have had a few dodgy autumn international tops. That was one... Um, Card Blues had an electric pink top. I think they might still use it for a third kit. I don't uh, mind a bit of pink actually. It's not too bad. But this is electric pink. This is. It looked worse on Paul Tito than it did on me. Oh, I, yeah, but I can't. Again, <laughs> respectfully, I can't imagine much looking good on Paul Tito because if you're six six with fluorescent Bal- hair, balaclava, does mate? You're going to battle, aren't you? Um, we did have. Back in 2007, some terrible. Just as just as the um, the new type of material tops were coming out, they're all pretty good now. Um, a lot of science behind them, but these were like stretchy material. Um, but and they were Reebok, and but Reebok hadn't really thought them out properly. They were a bit of a, a new product out, and every time you ran, the jersey would just lift up a little bit over your belly. So your, oh, little, no. your little spunk pot would come out, and your little what? Well, your little tummy would come out, and you'd, uh, Jesus you'd, Christ. you'd see your little tummy, and it wasn't the best. I mean, I got away with it, but for you know people of your dap, I know Adam oh, Jones didn't like it. No, I wouldn't like that. No, no. Um, question from Tom Gardner. That's who asked it. Okay. Via email, um, I'll abbreviate the question for you, Tom um, Gardner, because again, it's an eight hundred worder. Um, Dylan Hartley. Do you think Dylan Hartley should freshen things up with a move away from the gardens? Would that help him on the pitch performance-wise for Saints, that is? I'm not sure how a move away from the gardens would help him... Go to France. In terms of his performance-wise <laughs> for Saints. Clear up his behaviour. Yeah. 
Well, I get it back when I. Yeah. Um, I I don't actually. I think um, D- Dylan is a really interesting one. So John Smith for years led South Africa without, in lot the view of many, being the best hooker in South Africa because Bismarck, Duplessis, Scott Brits, you know. But he was had such a presence. Dylan has that presence. People like to hate him, and a lot of people have good reason to disapprove how he behaves sometimes on the field. But the facts remain that while he has missed Lions tours and he could have had a lot more caps had he not been banned, or significantly more, he does have 70-odd caps for England, and that suggests a pretty decent level of consistency and availability more than anything else. I'm not going to go down the route of saying he's a great guy, because no one really gives a toss whether I like him or not, whether we like him. We say everyone are great guys. We don't actually, but... But I know him well enough to know that he hates himself for doing these things sometimes. He just loses a bit of control. Now, um, I'm not going to go down the line of saying, well, Martin Johnson wasn't perfect. Danny Grucott, Darren Garforth weren't perfect. Mike Teague wasn't perfect. It's a different game now. And you can't do that stuff anymore. So there's no point in comparing that. Jamie George, I think, is the best hooker in England. Yeah, he's playing really well. Uh, there are some really good young ones, but I think I would, were I Eddie Jones, I would still pick Dylan Hartley as starting hooker and captain. I love Eddie Jones's face when Dylan Hartley went off. Yeah, he just puts his hand over his. But face it's almost he look, probably looks at it and think, oh, he'll either be banned for our games or yeah. just a ball ache in PR terms. But he knew what he was getting, and that that I mean, not that swinging arm in particular. Dylan's edge and the way he sometimes steps over it. Yeah, is. I think the reason, and his presence as a bloke, is the reason he's England captain. It's it's not for his rugby. His rugby is very good. Of course it is. Of course it is. But there are, I think, probably better all-round hookers in the league. But Dylan has something about him. And until you've played against him, and I realise I'm being a smug twat that played when everyone else didn't. Until you've played against him and with him, you you're can't not, really understand smug. that. You're not smug. I'm not smug. He, no. he is, he's a different guy. He's different. And... That edge, if you remove that edge, I don't think he offers enough to be England captain. That's what I think. And I, so you don't want to remove that edge. You want to stop him hurting people. Yeah. Talk about presence. I always used to think Dai Young would always have a big presence. Oh, yeah. walking. You know, when just someone walks into the room and people stop, people look up. He was one. Francois Pina yeah. was probably the first one I really witnessed because I yeah. came from London Welsh, went to to Saracens and he was obviously a World Cup winning captain and when he yeah. came in the room people just shut up and yeah. listened Scott Cornell another one mm. um, I like to think I have it a lot you think yeah. you've got that yeah definitely definitely um, anyway the question I, maybe, I, no I don't I, do, do you think do, you, do we think Dylan should leave Northampton I, no, I don't actually I think he's just has has a few bad times there and what's awkward is that they pay him shed loads of money I expect doesn't bother me plays. doesn't bother me really um, but I don't think why, why would he why would he I mean he, he'd go anywhere he wants you know, within reason he could go to France and pick up a massive paycheck and let, let's not forget it's kind of like you know he's getting a lot of grief at the moment for not doing a huge amount for Saints and doing a lot for England firstly there is I think there is I mean, factually, there's merit in that, but I don't think it's intentional from him at any point. I think he's shown his loyalty for, to Northampton by not going abroad and to, or to other clubs and taking massive pay rises and staying there. Yeah. So he's loyal, and I think the way he plays shows loyalty, but every now and again, he loses sight of the bigger picture and just loses the plot and whacks somebody and gets banned, and it costs his club. And I think, you know, I've, again, he's getting a lot of airtime today, but we both played in the same team as Danny Grucock, and it's a different game then. I know that. But people just accepted because he wasn't so high profile. He got sixty nine caps himself, 
but he was a really low-profile guy. So he was never the captain of he was captain of Bath and hated it, so gave it back. Low pro guy, never did media that sort of stuff. Didn't like it. So people just kind of loved him for the fact that every now and again he lost his temper. And while that isn't safety first and it's not very PC, Dylan Dylan is kind of similar, but just not loved for it. He's kind of hated for it, and I I don't like this kind of mob attack. Come. Culture, that's what I don't like. Can we put it to bed now? I think we've talked about it enough. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Is is Manu going to get back in the team now that Ford and Farrell and Joseph are playing so well? That is a question from Matt on email. Probably. I don't think so. I think he'll. There's room for him on the bench over Ben Teo. That's be a big seat. He's got massive um, arms. Yeah, he has. Um, but no. I, I. Again, it's no odds to me. Um, it's annoying that he's back because obviously the Six Nations is around the corner and he's going to pump Wales Wales. off the bench well you say that but last time um, he played against Wales was at the Millennium Stadium 30 points to 3 and the doctor dominated him all steroids though isn't it over there growth apparently it's all GH isn't it Um, so I don't like but as as an outsider as a neutral I don't think he deserves to to walk straight back into that team I think that combination of Farrell uh, of Ford, Farrell and Joseph is working incredibly well what he does offer you is some massive go forward he offers you a hard edge in the back line which they don't really have any big ball carries not huge they've got Johnny May who's a big bloke but no one no tough hard yards going to get over the game line going to mm. make some huge hits but you know he, he'll have to wait for injuries and he'll have to work himself back in Ben, ben Teo on the bench is kind of that barrel um sort of powerful yard maker explosive guy on the bench isn't he and yeah I agree with you I think Manu could take his spot on the bench but I think if Joseph gets injured then Elliot Daly just slots straight in at the moment and I think that when he's you know when he's allowed to play um, and I think if you know Farrell gets injured then there's another conversation around 12 and do you want a Henry Slade in there who could effectively do a lot of what Farrell does or do you want a mutant in there like Manu so yeah. interesting but I, I, for now I'd say he looks like a lovely option off the bench if he's fully fit um, we've just got to touch on the Lions coaching team we haven't talked about yeah, that we've had loads of questions about that yeah um, shall I just quickly do mine then you do yours yeah go Borthwick brilliant choice um, Andy Farrell brilliant choice Rob Howley don't get it boy okay don't get it don't get it um, I feel really bad because someone told me recently that he takes the um, all the criticism really personally and we've all been there we've been criticised I mean he's a lot more attention than we ever got or certainly than I ever got maybe not you because you're a legend but um, Guilty. you know so I don't quite know what it's like but I know I know that whenever I was criticised I really didn't like it so you know you do bear that in mind but that's got nothing to do with what we're saying we're not saying he's a horrible dad or anything okay, like so, that. so I, I just think he hasn't done anything to show that he deserves that spot. I agree with your other two. Uh, Borthwick, I think, is a good recruitment, and so is Farrell. But you're saying Halley's not done anything to deserve that. You forget he went last. He's been the last eight years. He went. They won a. They won a success, two tours. Yeah, yeah. they won yeah. a successful tour in, on, in Australia. Yeah, um, first time they've done that in a long time. Um, and if Gregor Townsend isn't going to want to do it if Joe Smith isn't going to do it there's not many options is there I feel like I I would want maybe there are further announcements to be made I would want I would want someone to go who has shown in the last 12 months that 
not necessarily from a standing start, but they can go into a room and onto a training field and create a really, really destructive attack. That's what I want to see. What I do, because I obviously played under Gatlin and Howley, I think what they do need now is someone, a bit of a maverick, a bit of a coach and maverick to add to the team. Someone that's going to look at different ways to attack rather than just testing teams physically, testing teams mentally in defence. So some, someone like we said about Gray Townsend, how good he would be mm. as an attack coach. Now he's not going to want to do it, but they, they're going to add some specialist um, teams. You know, some Apparently there are more announcements to be made, aren't there? Yeah, so you know, we might see Bod yeah. you know, coming on that tour. Someone that's going Johnny to have, Wilkinson, yeah, maybe. Someone's going to have an input into, right, you can't you can't always take teams on you can't take the all blacks on physically you're going to have to test them mentally mm-hmm. you know so create space by separating the centers by separating the center and the wing someone very very attack minded i think has to come in for that balance but you know i wasn't too disappointed with seeing rob Howley up there they did it 4 years ago or 3 years ago um, he was a great player himself he's he's coached at the highest level as a coach if you get asked to coach the Lions, you're not going to turn down. It's like a player, isn't no, it? No, God, no. But I mean, in terms of him being a great player, I absolutely agree. But I, I don't think that's relevant to his coaching job. But I, but I, I'm going to put, I'm going to give you three English names, all okay. right, who I think would be really exciting additions to that coaching squad. Yep. Um, and they're English buyers because they're English. I'm just giving you three English ones. I'm going to give you Austin Healy. He knows a huge amount about the game. Very bright. Doesn't coach. Great communicator. Yeah. Not an experienced coach, but I think it could be fun. This is fun. Okay. And Will Greenwood. Okay, I'm going to go Jurgen Klopp. I think. Jurgen Klopp, yeah. So I okay. think yeah, I think they would be interesting. Um, that's just for fun. But I think someone who, under the radar, is doing a really good job in the premiership attacking in terms of attack is yeah. Dave Walder at Newcastle. They look really, really good. And not every week. They don't look really good every week, but a few, quite a good number of times this season. They've produced really, really detailed attack. And you've... That's your wild, so he's like your wild card pick. Yeah, they are yeah. honest. They're, they're cutting apart different types of defenses, and you can tell their preparation is really, really intricate and really, yeah. really well communicated because you've got players who aren't rock star players carrying out a plan really, really well. So I don't know much about coaching a back line or a rugby team to attack against high end defenses, but what I do know is what I watch every weekend, and there aren't many teams with the resources they've got at Newcastle carving up good quality defences like they are so he's not going to go on the Lions trip it's just I just think he's doing a really good job and but you're saying someone like that so just yeah someone different like Brian O'Driscoll's not a coach Johnny Wilkinson might do a bit of kicking coaching but he's not an experienced coach and 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 equally we've had this conversation before I think maybe in this very room I don't think great players should just get great coaching jobs for the sake of it but now and again you, you meet someone who's a bit different and you think this guy could turn up and, like Borthwick he's only been coaching five minutes and he's a Lions coach well, now Will Greenwood coached the Barbarians so is that a step? yeah and they went well against the Springboks the Springboks are awful but mm. I don't know I just I just think yeah. okay. just, the, these are just the guys I know and Alex King is you know he got sacked from Saints but I never heard a bad word about him in attack and Paul Grayson I know well enough to know that I, I sit and sometimes commentate on games with him or watch games with him and he'll say something and I'm just like oh that, that is why you've got loads of caps for England at fly half yeah. you just see things completely differently and I can see things he can't in the tight and ever but he sees things just like that is genius he should have just stayed there and waited for the ball and you're like yep if you were coaching me that would be just a drop of gold you know yeah cool happy with that yeah um, should we stop yeah we've gone on a long time now yeah um, well 
plenty of ways to contact us, isn't there? Twitter, always the same, always the same. At Flats and Shanks. At Flats and Shanks. Email. Email contact at flatsandshanks.com. Facebook. Yeah, Flats and Shanks. Uh, get amongst it. What are you doing, what are you doing uh, this week? Tell me. Not a lot, mate. I'm on a quiet week this week. Uh, I've got a kids' concert I'm looking forward to mentally. Uh, Christmas drinks on Friday. Mm. I've had about a few busy weeks, mate. So hopefully, hopefully next Monday, we're going to have a guest presenter on the show. We're just trying to book, yeah. book him or her <laughs> now. Um, so as soon as we do, we'll release it on Twitter. We might, we could even do a Facebook Live next Monday. How Can't about we just that? tell him? Can't we just tell him who we're going to try and get? Okay, go. We are trying to get Nigel Owens himself, uh, the King of Cardiff. Is he from Cardiff? No. Um, King of Wales. Is he from Wales? Yeah. Yeah, he is. Nigel Owens, uh, the man. Um, we're trying to get him on board for it to guest present, and that that will, I'm pretty confident, be really, really good. If I am. Um, I'm going to call him Babe all through the interview. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we won't. We, no, we're not going to make any jokes about the gay stuff because that's not funny anymore. It's 2016. Yeah, we might. We yeah. might make some. Um, and if he doesn't turn up, we're going to say, like they do at every dinner when Nigel Owens isn't there, we're going to say that he got stuck in Barry, which is what everyone said for the last five years at every dinner. Or Chester. Or Chester. Sydney. Sydney. We've done this before, haven't we? We've done this. We've done this. We've done this. We've done this. Australia. Yeah, we'll do it again, mate. We'll do it again. It's timeless. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully, yeah, I've got a Land Rover shooting day tomorrow. So nice. shooting clay pigeons and going off-roading. I'm going up with Henry oh, Thomas. You're, the bar such, prop. you're such a bloke. I know, I'm such a manly man. Yeah. I'm going up with Henry Thomas, actually. He isn't with uh, Land Rover, but they said bring a plus one, and he is one of the most attractive women I know. So. Oh. <laughs> I don't know him that well, actually. I just think he's a lo- lovely bloke. Are you going to shoot him? Are you any good? No, nah, terrible. Yeah. No. So short little arms. Your arms like T-Rex, haven't you? I know. I need yeah. baby guns that fire real bullets. I'm, not, I'm too honest, mate. I'm not into shooting. I'm not into it. Um, you, just like, you just like the dress, don't you? I like the meat that comes from it, but I, I like the kit. You like the tweed, the cords. Yeah, yeah, we're tweed brogues and the yeah. cords, yeah. That's, I lo- that's I you that. in a nutshell. You are barber. Yeah, I am, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Without, before your without time. being sponsored, sadly. But um, yeah. I am yeah, open to coke sponsorship. You still wear Timberland shoes, don't you? The old school, yeah. No, I don't, mate. Yeah, we're herring shoes, you know that. All right. That sorry. is sponsored, okay? Okay. Um, so we'll have a nice time and um, you know, Christmas plays, and got a, I've got a really important meeting with Land Rover on Thursday. Cool. Which Can you is, get me one? Which is four of us going for a curry in Mayfair. Well, nice. Called Jim Carno. You ever heard of it? Best curry. Best curry I've. It's a horse show. Ever isn't it? eaten? No, it's amazing, mate. Jim Carno in Mayfair. What's amazing? When? See you there, half twelve on Thursday. Can I turn up? Yeah, of course you can. Yeah. Yeah. Get your car, mate. You get as many as you want. Simple. Yeah, it doesn't work like that, unfortunately. No. Okay. Um, all right. So let's hope. Hopefully, we'll see you guys next week with. Night with Big Night. Yeah. Imagine that. Make sure you review the podcast. Yeah, review us for God's yeah. sake. Five stars. Okay. Cheers. Tada. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello. Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 